Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, Internet. You look so beautiful today. Welcome to the Road Road Football Podcast. As you know, it is the most important podcast in the universe. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, we're in the midst of week one. Can't wait to talk about it with Evan Silva and Roto Pat. But first, a few things before we get started. Our Sunday show is back. You know, this is the most important podcast in the universe. Let's make the Sunday show the most important kickoff show in the universe. It is streaming on YouTube this year. It's bigger it's better noon Eastern. Again, that's Roto World's YouTube page. Evan, Ray, Rich, Pat, everyone is there for a full hour ahead of kickoff to answer all of your questions to help you set your optimal lineup. So be sure to go there for that. Without further ado, let me bring on Evan Silva. His matchups column is over up on Roto World right now. You know it. You love it. And it's back for how many years, Evan? Do you even know how many years you've been doing the matchup column? No, no, I just get tired thinking about it. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So, some some reader ran like um, ran it through their computer, like looked how many words and oh no, you know, how much text it was, and it was like thirteen thousand words for this one. Did it just make you want to throw your computer out the window and just never the, look at it ever again? The ones where there are like six teams on by, those are like fun to do, but the ones where there are no no buys at all, and there's 16 games. They're yeah. they're brutal. I mean, it's it takes like every minute of, of my week. But I, I'm not complaining. No, um, I love doing it, and yes. you know it it, pre- it prepares me to play daily fantasy each week, and I hope that it helps uh, people that read it as well. Evan, I've had more and more people recently come up and say how much they enjoy our podcasts, and like you know we do awesome. these things. And, you know, you just post it online and then like you post it a few times and you're like, yeah, hopefully people listen to this. And I see the numbers. I mean, people definitely listen to it, but it's cool to get that interaction more and more often um, just to hear us talk about football. Just two guys, you know, just watching football and sharing their opinion. That's all that we do. No Uh, question. So, okay, start of the 2018 season. The only place to start at the start of any football season is with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Evan, let's talk a few of your... Not favorite picks from matchups, Colin, but ones that stand out. And at first, let's start with Carlos Hyde, who obviously is a new addition to this Cleveland roster. Yeah, I mean, Carlos Hyde checks a lot of boxes um, in terms of guys that we would be looking for as 
uh, more of a tournament play on and ideally on Fanduel. He's not going to catch a lot of passes. You know, you probably in order to for him to hit big, you probably need two touchdowns. You probably need over 100 yards. But I think that that is all that is within his range of potential outcomes. Um, first of all, the spread has moved rapidly in Cleveland's direction. Um, the Steelers opened this game as uh, six and a half point favorites, and it's down to three and a half um, in a, at a lot of sports books. Carlos Hyde looked awesome this preseason. I mean, he was a man amongst boys out there. Uh, he had 17 carries for 100 y- 108 yards and, and a touchdown. Um, he had. There are a lot of uh, peripheral reasons to believe that the Browns can have a really good running game this mm-hmm. year. First and foremost, they have one of the best interior offensive lines in the league. Uh, looks like they're moving Joel Betonio back to left guard. Um, their second round pick, Austin Corbett, just isn't ready yet. Uh, but Joel Betonio is one of the best left guards in the league. J.C. Treader is a rocked solid center. And uh, their right guard, Kevin Zeitler, uh, one of the best right guards in the league they have a dual threat quarterback we've seen over time you know rg3 alfred morris jake locker and vince young with chris johnson you know LaShawn mccoy with michael vick and tyrod taylor those guys all had spiked efficiency with dual threat quarterbacks and carlos hyde is now going to benefit from that in cleveland um and if you go back and look at the history of the browns they play the steelers tough even um in uh you know even though the steelers are a good team and the browns have been a really 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 bad team um the the browns have lost their last three games against pittsburgh by only four three and four points Hmm. and last year in this exact same spot uh in cleveland the steelers went to cleveland uh and uh, they the, the Steelers won that game only because they scored a touchdown on special teams, uh, and they won the game 21 to 18. And they played that game with Ryan Shazier, and they the you know Ryan Shazier of course is trying to trying to come back and you know he's making great progress in in a recovery from a very serious injury. But when you pull him off the field, uh, their run defense has been much much different last year. When Ryan Shazier, Shazier played, the Steelers held their opponents to 4.06 yards per carry. And when Ryan Shazier did not play, uh, the Steelers allowed 5.11 yards per carry. Um, so over a yard difference per carry without Ryan Shazier on the field. Yeah, we've talked about this before, right? Like when Shazier wasn't on the field, and I specifically remember back to those Ravens games, the linebackers looked slow. I mean, they would get beat to the edge often. And when your linebackers are slow, your defense often looks slow. So maybe they fix that. Who knows? But if they haven't, then color side. And Evan, he's had some real peaks in the past. He's had some real valleys in the past. I mean, I don't think of Carlos Hyde as like a big play threat on paper. But then when you look into it, he, I mean, he's rushed for 20 plus yards 13 times since the start of the 2016 season, which is actually tied for the seventh most in the NFL. So, again, if he gets that good blocking up front, and it kind of sounds like they're going to start a undrafted free agent left tackle in Desmond Harrison, who was a better talent than undrafted, but went undrafted because of multiple reasons. It'll be an interesting, interesting game to watch, that's for sure. Uh, let's kind of stay in the division here, Evan. Later on, I have Roto Pat on to talk about why he has Andy Dalton as quarterback 12. 
um, ranking him ahead of a lot of drafted quarterbacks in leagues. Andy Dalton is not drafted in many leagues or wasn't this preseason, Evan, but it kind of sounds like everyone is touting him as a really, really nice play this week one. Well, he is a really nice play uh, this week one. First of all, he gets to play indoors. Um, quarterbacks, by and large, perform better indoors. Uh, A.J. Green, of course, his top receiver, has massive home away splits in favor of away games. Um, A.J. Green has averaged six catches for 91 yards per game uh, with a 63% touchdown probability in away games, only uh, 4.8 catches for 70 yards uh, and a uh, 49% touchdown probability in home games, and that's in the exact same sample size. Uh, 51 games at home and 51 games away. This is going to be A.J. Green's best matchup all year. The Colts are starting Pierre Desir, uh, who has played for like six NFL teams, um, and Kenny Moore, a second-year undrafted free agent at cornerback. Uh, so we like the outlook for Andy Dalton's big number one receiver. We also like the outlook for Tyler Eifert, um, who the Bengals use sort of in a late-career Antonio Gates role during the preseason, he blocked on one out of 14 snaps. Um, they're going to use him as the receiving tight end, and they're going to use Tyler Croft as the blocking tight end. Um, it looks like John, you know, John Ross looked dynamic at mm -hmm. times in the preseason. Now, he only caught four of his 13 preseason targets, but he showed some dynamism in the preseason, had a, a big-time touchdown where he just worked Vontae Davis for 57 yards, and then he, like, juked half of Buffalo's secondary when he was getting into the end zone. Tyler Boyd uh, is a solid slot receiver. And Joe Mixon was excellent in the receiving game in the preseason. This Colts de defense is not going to be able to generate any pass pressure, and they are not going to be able to uh, cover the Bengals' weapons. Uh, and I like the, the way that the Bengals' offensive line is coming together. It's Cordy Glenn at left tackle. It's the first-round pick, Billy Price, at center. And it's uh, Alex Redmond. Uh, who has ste stepped up and claimed their right guard position, uh, he looks like he's going to be a big upgrade. And I think that this offensive line is going to come out and actually look good in week one against one of the NFL's worst defensive fronts. Yeah, and we just talked about linebackers for the Steelers. The Colts are starting two rookie linebackers, I believe, in Sky Moore and Darius Leonard. So that's something to watch as well. Uh, by the way, for, forgot to mention at the top of this, if you're enjoying this conversation I'm having with Evan or enjoy the one later on with Pat, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. We have three per week during the NFL season, one on Tuesdays, one on Thursdays, and this very one on Fridays. All right, Evan, let's close it out with Stefan Diggs. I think there's a chance, and I think we talked about this in the live show that we had uh, earlier this summer, that Stefan Diggs, I know he nationally is viewed as a talented player and especially in football circles, but this could be the year where he really hits it mainstream per se. And, and I, Evan, I think there's a chance that he finishes the season as a, a top five wide receiver, not trying to jump the gun here, Evan, but how does his week one look? Yeah, I think it looks really good. And one thing that Stefan Diggs has done consistently over the past couple seasons is start hot. And then he will suffer these nagging groin injuries. This has happened two years in a row and his production will kind of peter out. And that's why you haven't seen him really put it all together. Um, but right now, you know, this is going to be the healthiest that we get Stefan Diggs all year. Um, he does not have the nagging groin injuries. His last two week one receiving games were seven catches for 103 yards and seven catches for 93 
and two touchdowns. Um, last year, he ran the most routes against left cornerbacks on the Vikings roster, and the 49ers left cornerback is Rich, Richard Sherman. And in my opinion, Richard Sherman should be a Hall of Famer, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Wow. He, in, in many ways, uh, changed the way that the cornerback position is viewed uh, in the NFL, You know, changed the way that the cornerback position is drafted. Uh, he was years ahead of his time, uh, and I love Richard Sherman, but... Uh, Stefan Diggs, even in his prime, even in Richard Sherman's prime, I think, would give Richard Sherman fits because of uh, Stefan Diggs' route quickness. And Richard Sherman is now 30 years old, coming off a torn Achilles, uh, suffered a multi-week hamstring strain in training camp. And reports from 49ers training camp were that uh, Richard Sherman, even when he was out there in practice, he was getting beat a lot uh, by the 49ers receivers. Uh, so I think that, you know, Stefan Diggs, again, he, he's a guy that checks a lot of boxes as, um, you know, someone that has shown that he's, you know, starts hot throughout the years when he's at optimal health. Uh, he is a top 12 receiver in the NFL, and I love his matchup. Um, so I, I'm very excited about Stefan Diggs for week one. Evan, I think this is a record. I think we had a train on every single one of your picks tonight. Um, if you heard them on Twitter, <laughs> let me know. Evan, thanks so much, dude. And by the way, everyone out there, I know you know the matchups column, but if you've never read it, there are probably some of you that, you know, just hear about it and you're like, okay, yeah, I like what Evan says. Go check out the matchups column. Every single fantasy-relevant player is covered. And again, Evan will be joining me on Sunday along with the rest of the Rotor World football crew for Rotor World Live, and that's on Rotor World's YouTube page. So go there, search it in the YouTube search bar. Thanks a lot, Evan. And right after this, we'll have Roto Pat coming on the show. Fantasy football fans, hey, guess what? That's you. Listen up. You need to try my favorite fantasy football app. That is Draft. You heard me talk about it all summer, especially best ball leagues. But guess what? Now it's weekly fantasy football, but with no salary caps. On Draft, you play in live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long leagues. And here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one week, and there is absolutely no management. Just set it and forget it, like those rotisserie infomercials that you used to watch on Saturday morning at 3 a.m. Yep, me too. Once you are done drafting, there are no trades, there's no waiver wire. Again, it sets your optimal lineup for you. Drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can go join one right now. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start for just $1, so there is a draft for everyone no salary caps, play in a real live snake draft, just like you play with your friends in season-long leagues. And there's even an option to do auction drafts. So come join me on Draft today. You can download the app at any time. Just search Draft in your app store. You can start in minutes or play online, draft.com. Probably go to draft.com slash because if you do, you get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit, or you can use promo code ROTOWORLD. That's right, draft.com slash ROTOWORLD or promo code ROTOWORLD, and you get a free entry into a real money game. Just draft in the App Store or go to draft.com and come play with me. Hey, Pat. I'm bringing on Patrick Doherty right now. Pat, it is week one. Excitement level compared to the release um, of FIFA 19. It's because nothing can compare to FIFA. I mean, anyone who actually has it figured out <laughs> knows there's FIFA family and then everything else so uh no i am yeah, yeah. i am quite excited but can you believe that uh eagles falcons kickoff game last night all the crazy stuff that happened in that game wow 
that happened. Yeah, you remember when that squirrel ran out in midfield? Yeah, and, that was uh, hilarious. The Nick Foles, man. Just we gotta talk about that Nick Foles performance. Uh and those and those yeah. RPOs. Let me tell you about those RPOs. I am making a meta <laughs> joke, people, about the fact that the podcast is out after the game, but we are recording before the game. Correct. However, I guarantee you we'll hear about we RPOs will. seven times. Uh and six of those times won't actually be RPOs. I, I actually think, Pat, that RPOs got like way too much run this offseason. I believe the Eagles and Chiefs ran them the most the last year, and it was still just like 10% of their passing plays. I thought the Eagles were I thought the Eagles were more like 20%, but I actually don't know for sure. Um, it was something like that. But like still, for a small part of an offense, I'm just amazed at how much hey, run it's got small this edge. offseason. But hey, we had the Wildcat. We had all these other things. Even a small edge can be decisive in the National Football League, Josh. So Every inch matters, right, Pat? Okay, Pat, we're back again this year, just like in previous years. How many years have we been doing this? Two? Two other years? a lot longer than that. Uh, Where I review your rankings, which you can go up and find on Roto World right now. It's a really cool website. The cool people visit it. And I pick out names without telling you until about 30 minutes ago. And every single time I pick out these names, Pat, you're like, why did you pick these names? Well, I have strong <laughs> feelings about this is what I always say to you. And then I want you to read my mind basically. <laughs> so let's start off with Andy Dalton as a starting quarterback in your rankings. Andy Dalton as the quarterback 12. Feels great. This is doesn't it? how I want to phrase this question. And it's, and it's not fair to you, Pat, but like we all drafted these other quarterbacks. Like you have Patrick Mahomes, Listed after you have Marcus Mariota listed after you have been just a few spots, Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, so on and so forth. Jimmy Garoppolo. If we're streaming quarterbacks this year, Pat, should those people just drop those quarterbacks right now and pick up any Dalton to start in week one? Maybe, especially in like uh, Garoppolo's case. I can't remember if it was Garoppolo or Mahomes. It was like the first four games are super difficult. I think maybe it's Garoppolo. Uh, that's what really pained me because – the two quarterbacks, I, like the only two quarterbacks that like generated like any level of excitement for me in the offseason uh, were Mahomes and Garoppolo. And of course, they have to begin the year with like extremely difficult road matchups. And you have to debase yourself by ranking Andy Dalton ahead of them. But uh, so this is kind of like one of those freak confluence of event events rankings for Andy Dalton. Uh, you got the, the Andrew Luck health questions. You have the Alex Smith being Alex Smith. You have Marcus Mariota coming off a middling summer. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan, tough matchup on the road. Garoppolo, Mahomes, tough matchups on the road, so on and so forth. And then you have Andy Dalton, who is playing against, you know, one of the least talented defenses in the league and the Colts. Uh, an uncommon opponent, I would say, too. We, if, you know, I don't know if you... I actually, apparently it's a I would say uncommon. One. They've only played one time in the past three seasons, but I wasn't sure what the okay. definition on Andy Dalton common, uncommon opponents uh, was, but by my definition, they're uncommon because he's only played them one time since 2014. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. And so, you know, and like uh, we have, he's finally his like, uh, had, people kind of underrate the injury issues he dealt with last year, but they have Tyler Eifer back healthy for now. They have John Ross back healthy for now. And just a good, things are just set up for an Andy Dalton week. I feel like this weekend, it always comes down to like whose questions do I like the most or whose questions bother me the least. And this week, Andy Dalton's questions uh, don't really bother me. Pat, not to pull in other people's 
analysis and comments into this, but I'm going to pull in other people's analysis and comments into this. And that's from Rich Rebar. He mentions that no defensive back on the Colts roster has more than 13 starts in their career. <laughs> yes. Yes. Pretty bananas. When you think they about could it. have a talented, okay. t- talented back line uh, with the safeties, but you know, the first, the two front, I don't know if there's like a less talented, like front seven and cornerback cornerback, like combined group in the NFL. So yeah. it's a uh, one piece at a time yes. to the Colts. Uh, okay. Next you have Lamar Miller, Lamar Miller at running back 18. We know Lamar Miller is going to get touches, Pat. Uh, the question, and he's facing the New England Patriots. The question is if he's going to be efficient on those touches against the Patriots. Um, I mean, that's not really his game, is it? Uh, especially not as nope. a Texan who has not been. But, yeah, it's all about role in fantasy football. He has the unquestioned three-down role. Uh, he's, he's no, there's, there's no depth start questions right now. There's no one behind him who can like really reasonably steal work. I don't see how this could develop into an Alfred blue game, you know, unless it's like a huge blowout late. And so he's, and he's, he's not going to come off the field. He won't get game flowed. Cause even if they're getting blown out, he's going to have to remain on the field, catch some passes. That's a game with a 51 over under. So we, it's going to be a, hopefully a shootout. Uh, just like a lot of like quote unquote guaranteed touches. And you know, I think we talked about last year, he was much better uh, with Deshaun Watson last year. He averaged 15 fantasy points per game with Deshaun Watson, a quarterback compared to just 10 without him. So, you know, don't love the talent at this point, but it's really, really hard to argue with his role uh, and his week one setup. So that's why I've got him there in the RB2 mid-range. And I believe he averaged near 20 touches when Watson was on the field last year. And without Watson, it was about five touches fewer. And again, that's probably game script dependent. Yeah, and like, yeah, don't, yeah, even if things go off the rails early, I do not think he will get game flowed this week. Let's move on to another running back. At running back 28, you have Royce Freeman. The reason I bring this up, Pat, is because Royce Freeman moved all the way up to like the fourth round in drafts that were finishing a week or so before uh, the season starts, right? Now, at running back 28, Pat, you're basically telling those people who selected him either as their running back two or even perhaps running back one to potentially look elsewhere and possibly not even play him. That's yeah, a just, difficult the thing. The snap to do. like dele- delineation between him and Devontae Booker in the summer was just like a little too close for comfort. And I feel like Roy Streaman actually probably showed the Broncos the things they wanted to see this summer. I mean, he had a pretty great preseason, but they just cannot quit Devontae Booker. And, uh, uh, you know, they're not going to get game flowed in this game either. So, I mean, he should be on the field a lot, but they just love Devontae Booker so much. And I'm still not, a lot of it's just like my own perceptions of Royce Freeman, not sold on the talent to me. He, he's like a Garrett bluntish runner. I feel like when he gets ahead of steam, I feel like he can't go side to side. Like, I feel like he just like becomes almost like a fullback, which is you know overstating it, but I just don't love the player. And despite his, uh, solid, like I said, performance this summer, uh, just a lot of snaps for Devontae Booker still. Didn't they? I feel like they, they temporarily like announced him as the starter even. I think they've since kind of. They did. Even after the preseason showing like a 50 50 yeah. split or even a slight yeah. favorite. Yeah, and like so Devontae like. Booker. No, I'm saying I think they, they announced Devontae Booker and then I think now they have since announced. Oh, really? They did. Thought, so they, they announced, announced Devontae Freeman Booker, but they have since announced Royce Freeman. Uh, See, this confusion is exactly why he should exactly, be Exactly, exactly. Like, so they have since announced <laughs> Royce Freeman as the starter, but they just cannot give up okay. uh, the ghost on Devontae Booker. 
So I felt like, uh, you know, a guy making his NFL debut, I'm going to hedge this week. Do you know what I think happened? Um, first, they announced it as Royce Freeman or whatever. And then Ray crawls in John Elway's <laughs> DMs. And he's like, hey, actually, it should be Devontae um, Booker. And, and Mr. Elway. We actually might agrees. have that kind of power. We've heard John Elway is a Roto-World fan. So um. randomly one time last year, he retweeted the podcast <laughs> out of nowhere. I have no idea how that uh, happened. Uh, it was lovely. So thank you. We will never say anything bad about your just so wonderful you draft, John. I really Elway. hope the Royce pick uh, works out. He, d- he did look good in the summer. I will give you that. The, you're... And I, I guess this is like a, a show me pick right like this is a, a show me backfield in that hopefully we learn more after week one of how yeah, i mean it was gonna be definitely scored. one of those backfields where you uh, would be lying if you said you had a, you know, a certain handle on how it was going to shake out this year let's close it out with keelan cole you have keelan cole as wide receiver 33 which to me pat in a lot of situations might put him as a a fantasy player's third wide receiver yeah might put him in flex considerations on some teams as well. Uh, you are a big fan of UDFA Marvin I Jones. I was wondering yeah. if who, which one of us was going to get to use that line. Uh, it's probably fitting that you did because it was your line. Then I just reminded. Hopefully it comes into fruition. Your line. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I've said this like all summer, but has there ever been like a 750 yard rookie receiving year that we've talked about less than Keelan Cole and like in no point this summer, was he not in line for a nice role? And now he's looking like, you know, the number one receiver with Marquise Lee sidelined. And he's just a guy who makes huge plays. Uh, now he should get more opportunities to make huge plays. There's going to be a lot of targets. I think he didn't he lead. I think he led the league in receiving over the final five weeks last season. I'm just completely. Yes, ba- he did. Isn't yeah. I'm just bananas? completely baffled that like he was not, he was basically was not a topic of summer discussion until Marquise Lee got hurt. And you know, I get it. It's hard to get super jazzed about, uh, like a, this guy who kind of comes out of nowhere and like a offense that we don't like to target, like as a fantasy passing offense. But I just think he's a great talent with a great role. And uh, to me, he's a, he's what I want in a wide receiver three where he's kind of like weak winning upside. I mean, maybe he'll have like a three catch, like 27 yard day that can happen with any wide receiver three. But I think compared to a lot of other wide receiver threes that he's ranked around, like say like Michael Crabtree, uh, he can like go win you a week. So I'm a yeah, plant. There's some really fun stats here with Keelan Cole. Um, he gained 20 plus yards on 10 of his 35 receptions when his quarterback was not under pressure last year, which is actually the best in the league. And then he also averaged 23 yards per catch on, on first down catches last year, which is also best in the NFL. Um, I, I was talking with the, with Eric Stoner, the ghost, I should put him <laughs> about this, about like which, Jaguars wide receiver should we target or if we shouldn't target any of them and he brought up a good point that makes sense when you go back and think of Blake Bortles play the Jaguars receiver that matters in passing situations is the primary read on a play right because that's who Blake Bortles is going to target 70 80 percent of the time in those situations right when we watch him he's some and this is generalizing here I'm sure you can find examples where this yeah, isn't I true. He, I, he targeted his fullback on a play, Josh. That was a six, three, you idiot. <laughs> but, but for, for many, in many situations, again, generalizing here, it seems like he decides who he's going to throw to as soon as he gets the play call. 
or like before he actually sees the, ma- the Madden, the Madden approach. Exactly. Exactly. Would you no, disagree would with that statement? He's not a, I mean, he's not a very sophisticated quarterback. I mean, not to put right. like, too harsh of a word on it, but no, that's the kind of player he is. So hopefully that is Keelan Cole, but I could also see it in, in many situations. Being said, Dante it's Moncrief it's well. not going to happen yeah. for receiver Christian Michael. Uh, the Jags are, the Jags acquired uh, Dante Moncrief and their I was amazed at how much traction that tweet got. It was because like, it, it was real. Deep. You know, when something's real, you can feel it in your bones. And that tweet was just real. And uh, so the Jags acquired Dante Moncrief in their dynasty league. They're going to see how it works, but. I just think they're going to find out. <laughs> they they went back and, and read Ray's piece from four years ago when he was coming out of the draft exactly. and were like, oh, so man, we got to go get some prayers to the Jaguars on that acquisition. There we go. Uh, Pat, no, anything else? It. Um, yay. Okay. Oh, no, we need to remind the people that on Sunday you'll be joining me for a live show. You'll be joining me. Evan will be joining me. Rich. Will be joining me and Ray will be joining. I don't know. Did I say you just described a party though. Anyways, and I'm, I'm gonna. That well, it is a party. It's a fantasy football party. Well, a fantasy party. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Maybe we'll get some more SEO out of it. Uh, <laughs> that is Roto World Live noon Eastern. We're streaming on YouTube now. Go subscribe to Roto World's YouTube page. It's on Facebook as usual, but we're really trying to push this YouTube thing. Uh, I've, I've tweeted out. We'll tweet it out a lot during the weekend. But again, that's Sunday, noon Eastern. It's all dedicated to your starts at questions and also the matchups and specific games. 45 minutes or up until leading to kickoff if we get enough questions. Thank you all for tuning in last year. We're going to make it even bigger and better this year. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. Pat, you're Thank a lot you, of Josh. fun. Josh. I hear this YouTube uh, could be big. So, um... uh, Yep. And I hear we should invest in Google and, and Amazon as well. We'll talk to y'all soon. See ya. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.